G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and a little bit of a change this week actually. On the other side of the desk, filling in for Matt, we have a friend of the podcast, Brody. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm very excited to be back, Christian. A lot of hot takes today and oh, you got we'll some... keep it interesting. Yeah, it should be a good one. Great game of footy, to, um, great weekend oh, of footy, sorry. so It was a really good weekend of footy. I mean... I am really depressed. I, I went away for the weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend of camping, you know, a lot of drinks had. And if anyone tells you that the cure for the common cold is drinking and campfire smoke, they're absolutely wrong because my <laughs> voice and throat are wrecked at the moment. Um, but I missed all those great games of footy. In the yeah, oh, I loved everyone. So many shootouts as well, you know. We were not going to get any of that state of the game crap for at least oh, thank God. a couple weeks now. So I can't, can't deal with much more of that. <laughs> and the other thing is... With you not seeing the games this week, I can just invalidate your opinion at any point if we're having a disagreement. Just be like, well, look, you didn't see the game. <laughs> I'm really the one in the right. So, nah, it should be it should be really interesting, though. All right, we'll see how that goes. We're going to dive right into the first game because this is uh, our first week back after the bye rounds. Uh, so, a lot of teams have, you know, over the past few weeks have been, oh, just, we'd have, what, six games a week, something like that? And oh, it's a bit crap. No good for fantasy footy. But we've got... Full lot of games now. Great to get back into. First game of the weekend was Richmond and Sydney on Thursday. I did get a chance to see this game. I mean, Richmond did always look like they were in control. But Sydney, I mean, they made a bit of a comeback at at certain stages. And they just couldn't get over the line in the end. You know, 93-67. Weirdly enough, I mean, Matt and I, whenever we're in the uh, studio, always say that Richmond don't have a fantasy game about them. Because, I mean, generally they don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know what your opinion of that no, is. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I, think, the, I can't really argue it. Nah, but geez, they had a lot of big scores in this game. Jack Rewald, 136. Curvis 131. The it's- thing about Richmond this week, and I I think they hadn't impressed me up until this point. Honestly, I, thought, I felt they'd had a bit of a cakewalk run. Um, Any time that they were challenged, they fell to pieces, whether that be against West Coast or against the two Adelaide teams away from home. But this week... I was so impressed by Richmond. This was the best by far I'd seen them play all year. And like last year when they switched on second half of the year, I'm inclined to think that that's going to happen again. Mm. They they impressed me so much in this game. Led by the man you first mentioned, Jack Rebolt. He was everywhere. I was was 16 marks. He was incredible. He, he was the different and like when he had his set shots yeah. just outside 50 and he, he never looked in doubt so mm. many times. I thought he was the best player on the yeah. ground by a, by a long margin. Um, and Richmond is scary. I think they're the, by far the team to beat now. And oh, I they think absolutely they have are. more fantasy relevance than we've been giving them credit for. And rightly so, we haven't been giving them credit, mm. but I think that's about to change. Maybe on the run home. I mean, if guys like Kane Lambert can stand up and be more consistent, I mean, he had, he had a great game as well for 114. He was brilliant. Uh, Nick Floston, I know he's missing this week after that uh, errant elbow to Luke Parker's face. <sighs> But best game of his career. I oh, would say. He, was, he was he was amazing. Um, yeah. So a lot of those guys have the ability to score well if they can get that consistency together. You know, I wouldn't be looking at them in salary cap because again they haven't really proven anything to us. But you know, if you own some of these guys, if you got them a little bit deeper in draft leagues, mm-hmm. you could probably go out at the moment and say, right, these guys do have the ability to score. Maybe try and get a bit more value in a trade. Well, here's the thing I'm thinking with Richmond now, and it might be a bit different to what mm-hmm. you've just said. I, and this could be a reactionary take, I don't like basing things off one week, <laughs> 
But they impressed me so much this week that I'm thinking this is this is legit, this form. And I would actually go and target some of their guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I feel um, Trent Cochin has had a pretty poor year, averaging about 85 fantasy-wise. Yeah. And Dustin Martin has been disgusting oh, for anyone who's touched him at awful. any point. I had him in salary cap at the start of the year and I only just got rid of him two weeks ago. Yeah, Dustin Martin I think is a good buy low. Same with Trent Cochin right now. Oh. Kane Lambert is another one who I think has the potential to be a top 15 or 20 forward from here mm. on out. Had some really low scores at the start and the middle of the year which has yep. taken his overall average down. But I think from here he's really starting to look like a bit an a B plus player or an A player, and I think it yep. could go really well from here. No, I like it. Um, that's a definitely an interesting take. I mean, Very I was a, I was yeah. a sell high guy on some of those, and you're a, a buy, buy low. low. I mean, like, well, Dusty's priced at what 80, 85? Yep. Like, maybe maybe it's a bit higher. I think it might be closer well, to ninety. He's a pure mid. I'm pretty sure he'd be what around about ninety points, something like that. So, yeah, you'd be able to get him for a lot lower than what he can do if Richmond do start to surge up in the fantasy. If scoring. you float legitimately I know people are going to like turn their nose up at this mm. but if you float an 80 back or an 80 forward or maybe a low 80s back or forward I feel like you could very easily get it done if yeah. there's a frustrated owner and like I'd be tempted to do it I think you could float a, a Shane Savage or mm. a um a Bailey Frisch I, oh, I don't even know if I'd do that but I think you Bailey get Fritch them, is, yeah. is contentious yeah. I know your yeah. man love for Bailey but Fritch but I think you could get it done <laughs> yeah. and I'd be inclined to do it because in draft you go in for first mm-hmm. and it, you, you don't want a safe team you want to go for the upside so that's something I'd look at doing I like it um, on the Sydney Swan side of the ledger I mean we've got the man Jake Lloyd he's, mm. he's locked into the top six backs yep. for us for the end of the year uh, and you're lucky if you picked him up in draft leagues because he's been terrific all year. Uh, Josh Kennedy put in a solid game. He's actually Brilliant been game. he's been pretty solid over the last uh, few months, uh, last few weeks actually. Um, Josh Kennedy, uh, Luke Parker put in well, that's an okay game, 106. That's played fantastic to yeah. get there also. So. Uh, I'm trading out Luke Parker this week. Finally, finally, finally I'm he's able the to get Dusty it done. Martin of your team, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can't be that mad. I think he's gone at about 93, but I am that mad. Oh, I would be, be going because like, you're hoping for 105 front. That's what we bought him for. We thought he yeah. was underperforming last year. We thought he could go up a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe average 105. And even if he wasn't in the top eight midfielders. You can trade him after making a little bit of money. Yeah, but he's gone backwards, and yeah, he definitely has. And mm. the problem with him is he's been shit, but he hasn't been quite shit enough for you to go. I have to get rid of him. Yeah. So he's kind of that last guy who's lingered in your team and you haven't upgraded. And f- you know, there's going to be some sort of thing with teams this week mm. where you're not going to be able to do it. Someone's going to be an out, and you're going to have to completely like it do is. a different strategy. But the plan is to finally get rid of him, and I would advise for other people to do the same. Yeah, I definitely agree. Tough match against Geelong this week too. Oh, Geelong are really tricky to pick uh, in terms of uh, fantasy scores against because some weeks they will give up a truckload of fantasy points and mm. other weeks they will strangle opposition teams. Yep. Um, it's not like, you know, uh, playing uh, a Melbourne who have, haven't been giving up a lot of fantasy points this year uh, as opposed to playing like a Carlton or a Brisbane who you know are always going to give up fantasy yep. points every single week. Um, they're really tricky to pick week to week. Uh, I mean, it does fall off a bit scoring-wise for the Swans from there on in. Sinclair had an 89, and it really goes downhill from there. Except if you're Dan Hanabry. Oh, this is, that's this an is an the upper field. Field. <laughs> <laughs> This is the top of the roller coaster for Dan Hanabry this year. 76 is... I mean, Matt and I have talked about it, and we just... 
we don't know how this happened. We honestly don't know how this happened. Do you have an idea? Have you seen anything this year? The thing about Dan Hanabry, I I remember the commentators (laughs) were speaking on the weekend on the radio um, I was listening to, and they were saying, like, he just doesn't look like he has, I guess, that outside game. And I don't know if that's soft tissue injuries, which have, you know, um, put him to that point. But he is not the same player. And I think we kept expecting it to turn around. He's had slow starts before. But it's at the point where I am seriously losing faith. He's someone, if you're in a keeper league, he's very hard to keep. In a redraft (laughs) league, he's been unstartable all year. And you feel like you have to hold him because of the upside. but. You, you can make a very strong case for dropping him. All right, before we move on, uh, if we if you do own uh, Dan Hanbury in a keeper league and someone came up to you right now and offered you something much lower than you would have expected at the start of the mm-hmm. year, I mean, we're talking maybe, a, like you were saying earlier with Dusty Martin, uh, maybe a 75 to an, or maybe an 80 averaging back or something. And this is in a deep keeper league. Yeah, so an 80 averaging back. Yeah. Let's say let's say they're a similar age to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably inclined to take it, which so, says, which it, I feel disgusting doing so and I'd want more, yeah. but I feel like I'd have to. What about you? Do you, you feel do, the same? I mean, you can't... Jeez, oh, there's so much upside to Dan Hatterbury mm. if he can get his best back. But if he's your one of your premium players in a keeper list, yeah. so if he's the one of the first couple of guys that you took a few years back, you're wasting a lot of uh, real estate keeping him in your team. You know, uh, it's almost better to have that eighty averaging back in there so that you have a a more stable backline or an eighty averaging forward, so you yeah. can have a much higher scoring forward line. And the other thing which we have to take into account is it also depends on your list structure, like yeah. and and what you're what you're aiming for. If you're going for the premiership this year and you have Dan Hanabry, then I would I would be more inclined to get rid of him. But mm-hmm. if you're someone your years are right off anyway, like the Dan Hanabry owner in our <laughs> league, then just hold him for you know what's the point? Like you might as well just keep him at there. I agree, I agree, absolutely. Um, and just quickly before we move on from this game as well, uh, we had Isaac Heaney go down with, geez, it was a, a little bit confusing because I didn't see him get concussed. He he must have had sort of a. a um, late onset concussion because mm-hmm. he did come back on the field after yep. a little bit of an incident and then he went off at about half time. He is probably going to be missing this week. So, uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, it looks very strong possibility. Um, do you trade him in the salary cap league? I think there's too many other issues. We're obviously going to talk about Fife a little bit mm-hmm. later. Uh, we've got some rookies that are coming in. Um, there's a few other bits that are going on at the moment. I would say Heaney's bottom of that pile because. Players do bounce back from concussion a little bit easier than they'll bounce back from, say, a three to four week soft tissue injury. So if he does miss one week, it sucks, but he's a top six forward. So you're probably going to want him in at the end of the year in finals anyway. So I agree. I think it also depends on um, the the argument we'll go through, I think, several times tonight is Mm. are you going for ranking or are you going for league wins? Yeah, good call. If you're in league win, if you're going for a league win, there is absolutely no reason you should be trading out Isaac Heaney. Hold him for dear life. Ranking, you're probably going to save about 60k over two weeks Mm -hmm. if you trade him out now and you'll get a better score this week. Yeah. And really, so it actually makes more sense to me to do it in that Mm -hmm. as someone who. Um, is 199th right now overall. <laughs> oh, humble brag. 
<laughs> this podcast does not endorse humble brags, mate. Um, I think I'm still going to hold him, but I expect a lot of people in, uh, in similar situations to get rid of him. If you have Sia or Narkul, mm-hmm. who can play instead, then it's I don't think it's as bad holding Heaney. Yeah. Well, as someone that is ranked somewhere around about the 10,000 mark, I can't really dispute you on any of those points, so I'm going to have to agree with all of them. And I think we'll move on to the next game of the round, which, yeah, was, which was a pearler. I mean, Bulldogs, uh, Geelong... Uh, game Bulldogs, of the year. Uh, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, uh, we've got another one to talk about the uh, Melbourne Saints game as well, which mm. was fantastic. But this one came right down to the wire. Uh, Harry Taylor just missed the goal at the end to give the Bulldogs the win. It was yeah. great. Um, and good to see Lukey Dowhouse bouncing back into a bit of form. He's been woeful this year for draft owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully you don't have him in salary cap league. Just You shouldn't anymore. Please, please, yeah. <laughs> please tell me no. Um, Toby McLean as well after some inconsistent games yeah. of late. And uh, we know one of them was due to injury with the collarbone. Um, or the uh, the shoulder yeah, injury. Yeah, so about Toby McLean, actually, <coughs> I was, I'm an owner, I have him in every format. I know you keepers, do. Yeah. I know you do. Um, and I was seriously concerned a week ago because he had well two weeks he had the 40 yep. and um, if you looked at that game he'd hurt his shoulder he had a one or two tackles and then the following game last week got about a 70 had one or two tackles and I was going oh no is this Tom Rockcliffe a la, la 2017 oh, no. <laughs> where he's going to get the touches still but because he has a dodgy shoulder he's not going to tackle and, and he's, he's going to lose a lot of points that way yeah so I was like looking at the sell high for him and then this week he goes and comes up with 11 tackles he, and I'm just, yeah you don't worry about that at all no, my, my concern was completely invalidated so keep you're, him yeah. you're fine um, Josh Dunkley great game from him I mean he's been kept out of the side for so long they bring him back in and he absolutely dominates I mean yeah. the guy has a lot of talent he, if he gets a consistent run in the team he is absolutely a keeper you know he, he's someone that you need in a keeper he's brilliant team. he's someone who's probably not rated <coughs> externally in most your leagues that much in our um, personal league, he's very highly rated. Oh, in our keeper league, he's he's gone around a few teams, uh, <laughs> but he's always been a high draft pick, and he's he's always wanted. So yeah, this game he didn't seem to be playing full forward, which is what Beveridge has played him for as the majority of this season. Oh, Luke. he still kicked two goals, <laughs> but if he's getting mid time or playing off a half forward flank, his and you see that role this week. Go out and get him in draft yeah, leagues. Absolutely, he's uh, he scores so well when he's in the guts, and he's I mean, not a name, he's so he's gettable. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Bontempelli, good score from him. Lockie Hunter, it does actually fall away. So mm. Bontempelli got 106, and then Lockie Hunter down at 89. He has those up and down games, Lockie Hunter. I mean, he's very likely to come out and bust a 145 or something next yep. week. Uh, that's just something you got to expect from those wingman players. I mean, yeah. very, very uncontested. What did he have? Three tackles for the game compared mm-hmm. to Toby McLean's 11. So no worry about the shoulder there, mate. Uh, Interesting Bailey Williams. I'll just yeah, touch on that. Yeah, he absolutely. Had a fantastic game. One of the best games I've seen Williams play. <clears throat> um, was emerging into a clear, I guess, second place in the Bailey off. Oh, or the Bailey watch, sorry. Yeah. Mate, mate, he was really, really running close to Bailey Fritch. There's not a clear second spot debatable, about this. Debatable. Mate, mate, well, I'll debate this till the cows go home because Bailey Williams has, and I have to cede a little bit of a points to my co host Matt mm-hmm. uh, because he has been really, really high on Bailey Williams all year. Yeah. I've been a little bit more hesitant, particularly at the start of the year. I've come around completely. Bailey Williams is fantastic. And he's got a good role too. Absolutely. He is injured though. That That's really massive. hurts. So who's the beneficiary to that, you think? Because I've got a guy in mind. 
Well, Maddie Suckling should come back in. He was a mm. late... Achilles. Oh, actually, is he... Two to four. Two oh, to four, wow. Achilles. So that's came out early this week. Okay. So there's two beneficiaries. For all... One, yep, go Brad ahead. Lynch. He'll now hold yep. his spot. He and will. And he played decent <clears throat> as well, if you watch that game. I think he would have held it anyway. Mm-hmm. But with Suckling out, I think Brad Lynch is a lock to hold his spot. And he could hold it for the next month. So I like him as a trade-in target for yep. the back line. I believe he's in the back line. He he's is playing as a back at least. Um, not a you know massive scorer, but you take what you can get at this point in the season. Yeah. The other guy is Hayden Crozier, who's played that I guess pivot halfback swing role mm-hmm. with Suckling out. Williams is out, and Suckling's continue to be out. So Crozier is someone who could really take off for the next month. I like it. Do you have the balls to get him in salary cap? I, I mean, for we, we discussed it probably two weeks ago was the point to get mm. him in salary cap because he was really low priced. Yeah. He's I, still probably about 470 or 460. Yeah, I, I can't... I just can't see myself going out and getting him this week. Yeah, like, I it's, agree. It's not the, it's, it's not nah, the week it's for me. It's too tough. Um, an interesting one for keeper leagues, though, if you do own this kid, is Ed Richards could go back to a halfback flank role as well. I mean, he's a really good utility for them oh, at the moment. so good on the weekend. Too. And if he goes back to a halfback flank role with this... Um, uh, you know the energy that he's been bringing, and the enthusiasm, and also the confidence that he's gathered really from like these him. few games. Uh, he could score really well in the back line. So if you own him in a keeper league, you can play him on the field. And the bonus is also like if you own him in any league, he's not one of those other bulldogs, short brown hair guys who you can't tell the difference between. <laughs> yeah, he you, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you, so. you know Ed Richards. <laughs> I love players like that as yeah. well. You love players that look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Caleb Daniels, one of our favorites as well. We know he's been up and down just, this just, year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump straight into Geelong <laughs> through the magic of editing. You haven't noticed that I almost died of a coughing fit, uh, but Brody just witnessed that and it wasn't pleasant. So thank God I, for editing. I'm choosing to believe that just the fact we have to talk about a Chris Scott coach team has brought Christian into this oh, involuntary coughing yeah. fit. I mean, I, I, did, <laughs> I just can't bring myself to talk about the Scott brothers. Uh, Especially in a positive light, considering five or actually six of their mids topped 100 this they week. Were, they were fantastic That's as good well. coaching. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is, I guess. It's, I mean, it's good playing as well. Joel yeah, Selwood, is. he has been so good this past couple of months. He yep. has been the most consistent Geelong midfielder. I mean, above Dunkley, above Ablett, above Dangerfield. Is he someone that you would look to target Funny in salary Funny that you cap? say that. So the two, the two trades that I'm doing at this stage, last week I got Sia so that I could have the cash to bring people in this yeah, week. Yeah, a lot of people did that. At this stage I'm going Luke Parker to Joel Selwood and Steph Martin to Brody Grundy. So they're the two trades I'm doing. Selwood is, I like the most of, most of the trade-in targets yeah. in the midfield. I have him in the top eight at yep. the end of the year. So I think it's a... And when Joel Selwood's <coughs> hot, we've seen him past years, he's very hot. Oh, absolutely. And that's not just looks-wise. I mean, yeah. All right, all right. We'll, we'll move on, <laughs> mate. That's likely to change at any minute, though. I mean, the amount of facial injuries that that guy gets, it's... Um, yeah, yeah. You you don't want to really bank on the hotness at all times. Um, what have we got? Uh, Tim Kelly was terrific as well. Gary Ablett, 115. Uh, actually, going back to Joel Selwood, um, you mentioned of the trade-in targets. Do you own Andrew Gaff? I do not own Andrew Gaff. And so you're rating uh, Joel Selwood above Andrew Gaff. I know that there's 30k difference I between them. I think the money is actually a factor for me. Yeah. If I want to go Parker mm. to someone. 
Um, so I think I actually can't afford gaff. So it's making the decision for me. Gotcha. So you However, can't go gaff and getting gaff and grunt. I do really like gaff, and I think he's better than Selwood. However, with no Kennedy and no Darling, and I know that doesn't affect midfielders, mm. but I think it actually will affect West Coast scoring negatively a little in general because they're losing games which they weren't losing yeah. before. I think, I think it does affect them to an extent. I think it's more affecting uh, the scoring capabilities of opposition teams against West Coast. Yeah, I mean, they, they're scoring a lot higher than they were at the start of the year. Uh, Gaff, I mean, he's gone 148 hey, this week, this yeah. week um, and he's scored... Uh, he scored like 80 against Sydney, but that's against Sydney at the SCG. <clears throat> you wouldn't expect that ground to suit his scoring. Yeah, and so. he, uh, prior to that as well, I mean, he scored... 110 the week before this mm. week as well. And he's he's going at an average of 108. So. Yeah, he is. Selwood's going, I think, at 106 or 107. Yep. And he's going at 118 in the last four. Because yeah. I've just um, been looking at him pretty closely Absolutely. this week. So, And Geelong have actually... This is another thing. They have a really good last two rounds of the year. Got a cushy I, run. I haven't got the schedule in front of me. But I'm, I know one of them's against Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. The other one I might be against Carlton. It is. So, yeah. Last yeah, game against Carlton. That's, I really like that for fantasy finals for him. I always like to have a little bit of a look at the last three rounds for fantasy finals. And yep. that really does help differentiate when you're deciding between two players towards the end yep. of the year. So, um, And West Coast... They don't have the best last three games either. So if I would sign between those two players, yeah, maybe Joel Selwood would be just ahead at the moment. Mm. Um, and I mean, ahead of, I'd have Joel Selwood ahead of uh, Dangerfield and so Duncan and Ablett, as you mentioned before. But if Dangerfield has a couple games in a row where he does really well, bring him straight in. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, Reese Stanley, he's is he their Ruckman now? Is he actually their Ruckman? He's had a good three weeks. Every time that we get some sort of confidence in Reece Stanley <laughs> or a Geelong Ruckman. You or know, You know who shifts things up. Now, I'm not, I can't say anything against uh, pot negative against uh, Chris Scott's just not in the nature whatsoever. But I would never trust that guy. Mm. I wouldn't trust him at all. So, but Stanley's been good. He's he been has, very, very good. He's been, he's been very solid. And, you know, we've been tricked into it before. It's very, I mean... There's every likelihood that Zach Smith will come in in two weeks' time and then go on a tear, and Reece Stanley will be out of the um, team for the rest of the year, and just oh, it's a confusing situation at Geelong. Um, one player to quickly bring up is Quinton Narkel, mm. who had a great debut. He was terrific. Um, <clears throat> now another player that debuted, obviously, we were talking about Tom Lynch just before, or Brad, Brad Lynch, Lynch. Sorry, yeah. Brad Lynch from the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, which one of the two do you prefer? <sighs> Because Narkel well, looked like the third guy you got to bring into this is Braden Sear or Braden yes, Sire I, as well. This is I'm sure I'm pretty sure we have this as a question. So do you want to? We'll wait until the questions. Yeah, we'll wait until the it. questions. But geez, that is a tough one. And so tune in for that. Uh, yeah, part so, two, yeah, part want, two yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> um, I just going on to Braden Sear. I think a lot of people picked him up last week. He was that you know plug and play rookie. Um, and yeah, he was terrific as well. Anyone else there you want to bring up from Geelong? Uh, nothing interesting. <clears throat> Really, those top end guys did well. The bottom yeah. end guys did what bottom enders you expect them to do. No, so, nothing yeah. particularly great. All right, the uh, the next game. I mean, this was probably an easy one to pick at the start. Uh, Carlton versus Port. Port got up there in the end. Um, Carlton played well though. They did. They were competitive, which is good to see. I mean, uh, again, I <laughs> I was sitting by a campfire drinking beer all weekend, so I can't quite say that I watched this game. But um, I mean, Westoff is someone that has been terrific all year. He's absolutely a top six forward. Um, oh, just 
I just I don't have. I can't stuff. trust Do you him. Have him. I don't have him either. Matt, are you going to bring him in? I'm not bringing him in though. I don't trust him. I'm not bringing. I've got one more role to fill in my forward line this yeah. week, and I would prefer Sam Menegola to Justin Westhoff. I agree. Off. I totally agree. So, and that's my forward line done. I'm pretty sure he's the number one forward to Justin Westhoff. He is, but there's just some and Port even have a good run home as well. They have a good last very, three yeah, games. Very good. I don't like him. I don't every, like him at all. <laughs> every statistical thing says we should absolutely yeah. pick Justin Westhoff. But I, I just can't pick Justin Westhoff. There's something about it. And so, I don't want to be the guy who talks about their own team, but I will talk about my own team. Last year, I had, <laughs> I had Justin Westhoff in redraft and in keepers. Yeah. Um, now, I well, most of the year, he went at about 90, 85 to 90. Mm-hmm. I was very happy. And then the last eight rounds, he averaged about 50 or 55. He was woeful. <laughs> And then at the end of the year, I traded him to some team who thought they could contend, and they actually are, and that looks foolish. <laughs> and I gave him up for nothing, like, yeah. you know, cents on the dollar. And I was fine with it because I would have dropped him to the scrap heap hop, like, happily. Yeah. And he has done this, and it rubs in my face, like, every single week. But I know because he's so versatile, that's why I don't like him, because he is the sort of guy who can change his role yeah. and it will dramatically affect his scoring. His role is mm. very friendly at the moment. If he starts playing as a third tall or a second tall, yeah. which we know he's capable of, say Char- hello to sub-70 scores yeah. potentially. So If Charlie Dixon gets an injury or gets suspended yeah. or something like that happens, if he's playing more in the forward line, you know, there's a much lower likelihood he's mm-hmm. going to be hitting his 105 average. Yeah. Um, but he has been terrific. I mean, I can't say anything else about the guy. Yeah, don't, you can't so trade him out, obviously. But oh, of course not. But yeah, if you, it, like I was saying before, if you don't have Justin Westhoff and you also don't have a player like Sam Menegola, mm-hmm. I would prefer Sam Menegola to Justin Westhoff. I agree with Menegola. I agree. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but Heaney, I'd have over I would him. prefer Heaney McLean, as well. McLean, I'd have ahead Absolutely of him. Absolutely would have McLean ahead of him. Gee, who else is there? It's it's tough to think as you're brainstorming. The ceilings are higher on a lot of those guys. Yeah. Like, they have the ability to go 130 plus. Yep. All of those guys. I can't see Justin Westhoff doing that. Although, I mean, this 113 was a great score. But I would have all four of those well ahead of him. And then, you know, you've got some of those other guys like Chad Wingard, who was terrific in this game as well with yeah. 102. I wouldn't be jumping on him now. He's absolutely... He was that mid-price. Same with Rockcliffe. Ago. I think like a month ago, everyone was all aboard the Tom Rockcliffe train. Yeah, but I was. He's He's been he's been good, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't be trading him in. If you have him, that's fine. Yeah. Same with Wingard. You have him, that's fine. Don't go bringing these guys in because Wingard's the number one whose role could change in an instant. Agreed. Port have way too many mouths to feed in that midfield, and it does scare me to an extent. Oh, it's the Robbie Gray situation. I mean, he's got 62 in this game. We all know what's happened with Robbie Gray this year. He was mm-hmm. terrific at the start. He was looking like a pure midfielder. He had that one game where he kicked seven goals or something like that. Yep. I can't remember. And then, obviously, Ken Hinckley's gone, right, we're putting you in the forward the line. The Derby, so yeah. It was, oh, sorry, not the Derby. <coughs> Oops, they're going to kill me. Oh, yeah. South Australia, <laughs> if we have any listings. Apologies, South Australian <laughs> the listeners. <showdown>. We, <laughs> um, my West Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just too used to the uh, the Derby over here. Uh, and any Melbourne listeners will just be saying, you know, it's the Derby. But uh, no. So we've offended everyone. Pretty, we, pretty much. Well, I've offended yeah. everyone. This in is why I won't be back. first podcast as well, mate. Well done. <laughs> um, just another couple, a few more guys who could um, hit top six. <laughs> and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts in Justin Westhoff or these guys. Justin Westhoff or Devin Smith? Westhoff. So, 
I'd go Devin Smith, no question, over Westhoff mm-hmm. because I think he's very safe. Yeah. Um, I do like Smith, though. Smith's in my team. There's not a chance. Okay. He, now, Ed Langdon or Justin Westhoff? Westhoff. I, and I love Ed I Langdon. really like Ed Langdon. I'd be very close to going the point of difference there, but Freo will be pretty bad, so that's tough. Yeah. Um, Sicily is a forward or Westhoff? Westhoff. Sicily, I mean, I've got it Sicily as a defender in mm-hmm. salary cap, and I think that's where he belongs. So uh, in terms of the way that our defenders are this year, there's there's probably three or four defenders who are absolutely rock solid. Yep. And then from there, it's really scraping the bottom of the barrel. And Cicero's about that fourth or fifth defender that you kind of need to have in defense. So Yeah, here's what I think. I think for a league, you're probably better off going west off. For <laughs> me, as someone trying to move up the rankings and... I guess you want you you want to have points of difference. I will not be touching Justin Westhoff, and yep. I will be going those Sicilies and those um, even Mitch Robinson, and hoping Westhoff fails instead. Mm. Um, and I know that's not the popular opinion. And I understand that. That's just what I'm going to do. Well, if you're going for ranking, you kind of have to go sometimes with one or two point of differences because if you're just bringing in all the people that everybody else has above you, you're yeah. not helping, strengthening your position, basically. No. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. I mean, you might fall down the yeah. ladder. That's the risk you have to take. But if, like you say, Justin Westhoff fails and your point of difference does amazingly one mm-hmm. particular week, you're going to rise up those ladder that ladder very quickly. Definitely. Um, just before we move on to Carlton quickly, Ollie Wines is a player that a lot of people jumped on after his... You know, massive run. I think he had two or three games, 130 plus. 84, not good enough from Ollie Wines. Give him another week if you did bring him in. And if he can't get up above 100, you have to trade him out. Because yep. Ollie Wines hasn't ever showed, I don't think, a uh, consistent year of scoring 105 plus. So that he hasn't displayed that he is a consistent premium player just yet. Agreed. Um, so you can't have him in a salary cap team scoring like that. Uh, Carlton, Cade Simpson, 300 games, 112 points. Top six lock. We didn't <laughs> Absolutely, let's move him. on. Mark Murphy come back, came back, very good game from yeah. him. He is a very, very good midfielder for yeah. fantasy and real life until he inevitably gets injured. So, mate, if yeah, he's a great guy to have in draft. Mm. Um, if the owner's worried, try trade for him. Yeah. If other people really rate him as a guaranteed bona fide star, then trade him away to yep. them. They, so that's I, what you want to do with Mark yep. Murphy. Um, Cripps has had a very good month. He has. He uh, After the bye, he's come back so strong. Um, I think... Look, I'm not... If he's a top eight midfielder in terms of salary cap, he would be right on the cusp of that eight, I nine, totally ten position. I totally agree. I think... Paddy Cripps is a very viable option for Nat Fife owners this week. Okay. Yeah. Because Nat Fife, I mean, they almost play similar roles, that big bodied mm-hmm. midfielder. But yeah, I, I just think Paddy Cripps is definitely a really good option for, for Nat Fife owners. The thing for me about Cripps <coughs> is he can give you a poor score, he can give you a 50 or a 60. Mm. And I think all of the other top eight options won't. That's the one downside to him. His best is very, very good, though. Yeah. I think he's probably more 9th, 10th, or 11th for me. I wouldn't bring him in, mm-hmm. but wouldn't knock anyone for doing it. Yeah. I mean, you say 9th, 10th, or 11th, but one of the top eight guys in that five has sort of fallen out a I, little bit. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 9th, 10th, 11th, including the five and trouble oh, okay. injuries. Gotcha. That's what, sorry. Yeah, all, just, right, all right. Um, all right. Ed Kerno. This is, I have a hot take here. Mm-hmm. Trade out Ed Kerno. Yeah, so trade him out. if you have the ability to trade out Ed Kerno, he is. 
I he hasn't scored he's above a hundred as regularly as he was at the start no, of the year. I he's mean, been he was, whelming. <laughs> yeah, he's been whelming. That's it. That's exactly what he's done. It's. I mean, he's just been scoring... He's basically in the Heaney zone at the moment. Yeah. He's scoring between 95 and 100. And that's not enough no. for a premium midfielder. So if you don't have any of these other issues, you know, five, if you're needing some of the rookies, any other injuries at the moment, uh, look to get rid of Ed Kerr now. Agreed. Because he's just not doing enough. And if you can sideways trade him to Paddy Cripps, that's not a bad option either. But don't get me wrong, there are a lot of other mm-hmm. great midfield options. Andrew Gaff, we obviously talked about Joel Selwood is a great option. Um, there, there's a lot of them floating around that you can bring into your side. Yeah, we might go through some of them later with the questions yeah, also. Definitely. Nick Graham, really good draft pickup for anyone. I mean, he's going to be in and out every <coughs> single week, but mm. he will give you good scores most weeks if he's playing. He's such, I mean, if he's in the team, he'll normally score 75 plus and he's listed as a forward yep. uh, this year. So, and he, But he is a midfielder. I mean, let's face mm-hmm. it, Nick Graham's a midfielder. Yep. Um, and he does have the ability to get a, a score 100 as well. So if he's playing that particular week, like you say, definitely bring him into your team off the waiver wire. Um, Andrew Phillips got a 93 and I don't know where that came from and I'm going to ignore it completely. <laughs> that That is my take on that. <laughs> Um, anyone else you want to talk about there from uh, Carlton? No, let's move away. Now, from let, yeah, let, let's move away from some of that. <laughs> those scores there, and on to oh, geez, this was a shameful game for our West Coast fans. Eighty-eight to seventy-eight in the end. I think the Crows scored well above thirty points in the last quarter to our seven, so they came home with a barnstorming finish. And in terms of match stats, I mean, we'll go to the Crows just first uh, before we go to West Coast, but. Some solid scores. I mean, Matty Crouch, 120. That's much better from him. Do you think he's top eight? No, so no. Don't don't have any trust in him. Just I yet. do. So I'm yeah. opposite. Yeah, I'd go like if we had the Crouch uh, Crips debate, mm. I'd go Crouch over Crips. Yes, yeah, see, I'd go Crips. Uh, so that, there be, we go. Why would you go Crips over Crouch? I think that Crips has scored better in the in the month since um, the buy. Yeah, it'd be pretty and close. Cr- though, and yeah. Matty Crouch has scored. Probably more consistently. So he's scored like 100, just above 100. He's gone 120 He's this got a week. 120, I think a 116. Mm. And he's got, I think, he had a fairly a one, poor a one, score one week. There was a 105 the week yeah. before that. Um, and a score just b- below 100, I think. I think he's going at about, I think he's going about 110. Crips is probably about 115 in the yeah, last, so, if I'm just pulling so, numbers out my ass. Yeah, yeah, so, um, <laughs> so basically, Paddy Cripps, I, I just think he's ahead of him somewhat. Mm-hmm. But... Definitely don't knock the uh, the idea of Matty Crouch. Yeah, my either. argument would be Sloan gets the tag, not Crouch. Crouch is... He just loves the loose ball. Yeah. Adelaide looking better. Cripps could get a tag. Mm. Um, and Crouch has shown an ability to go at 110 or greater than 110 for a longer period of time. Cripps hasn't really done that. Or if he has, it's at 110, smack yeah. on, and that's for... Not an extended period. Yeah, so my And Crouch is cheaper. So yeah. that would be my argument. Taylor Walker, absolutely draft guy, but great score for owners out there with 112 with that massive. Yeah, he was dropped in our league, so I believe he's still sitting there as of this podcast yeah, right now. It's... I think he's a good pickup, but I'm not going to do it. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I can't, I can't. I can't do it. But it, a bold coach out there could go and get Taylor Walker and, and be uh, rewarded handsomely. Absolutely, uh, Sammy Jacobs, better score from him against uh, Nick Nat and Lysett. Uh Bryce Gibbs. Yeah. Not ideal, but yeah. Not ideal, but I guess you take it. I was hoping for more from Bryce Gibbs. I actually had slotted him closer towards the top eight. So yeah. I was thinking that he might be a five replacement. Yeah. 
He still but is no. for me. He's still in that. He's very close to Crips. Yeah. I think I'd go Gibbs ahead of Crips for me also. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he's in that exact same category. And you split in hairs between a lot of them. Tough choice. Uh, Tommy Dode. Tommy D. I mean, he's been probably one of the rookies of the year. He's banged out at 87 again for people who were forced to keep him through one injury or another. Yeah. And I mean, he's just been so good. I, I've loved watching Tommy Dode this year. Yeah, uh, he's made so much money for us. Can, owners can as well. someone check the pronunciation because I feel like we've switched it about midway through the season. Do- so Dode. Many times. I think I, I swear it was Dude. And every week I hear you guys say Dode, I'm like, mate, I'm not confident enough to do, correct we you. Do, we don't do research on this podcast, mate. That's the one rule. It's on the wall. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing there. Um, so. I mean, the only other one I quickly want to mention is it's so good to have Rory Laird back and scoring well. I mean... Yes. Oh. Not too much relevancy <laughs> apart from that, is there, though? No, Laird, not really. Yeah. Oh, if you don't have Laird, bring him straight back in. I, oh. I saw a few people out there who traded him when he was out. You've got to get him. He's a yeah, must. You can't compete without Rory Laird in your back line. He's That's just not too... like a West-off situation where it's like you don't want to get people the top people have. Laird, you have to get, even though the top people have, because yeah. it'll just hurt you every week. Oh, of course it will. There's no way that Laird is not going to score well. I mean, I've <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but I, I just can't see a situation where he doesn't score consistently incredibly high. Uh, for West Coast, I mean, Andrew Gaff, we were talking about it just before. West Coast might not be performing well, but he is. 148, mm-hmm. 37 disposals to him. Uh, you know, seven tackles, which is big for Gaff. Um, a goal slotted in there as well, six marks. It, there's not much more the guy could be doing. And... You have him firmly entrenched in that top eight, don't you? I'm bringing him in this week. Okay. So I, I made some money like you last week from bringing Sia in, uh, or Sia. I can't, I can't, you know, no I've idea. just I've just had a crap at you um, for yeah, the whole yeah, day. Yeah, and you literally <laughs> ten no minutes ago said Sia or Sia. <laughs> so I bought him last week. I made about 350k, and my trades this week are going to be upgrading Guelphie to uh, Menegola. I like it, yeah. And then upgrading uh, my... Last, I think Ed Phillips was still sitting in my midfield, oh. basically just staying there because he wasn't losing any money. You just, well, you saw the relation to Tom Phillips, your yeah. your love child, and just went, you know what, you can stay yeah, solid for that reason. And then I've got enough cash to upgrade uh, Ed Phillips Gee, to you Andrew Gaff. Quite the war chest. Then. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept a little bit of money there. So, um, and I, I'm pretty happy with that trade. Like Andrew Gaff. Look at you, Mr. North Melbourne over here. So much room in that Yeah, I know, so much will, room. Will they want to come to you? I don't know, who knows? Oh, God. No. <laughs> it's, let's not even get into that. Um, but yeah, I, I just love Andrew Gap. I definitely think he's firmly entrenched in the top eight for me. Okay, there you go. He might not be in the top, you know, two or three, but he's definitely around about five or six. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So... Um, Looking real good. But yeah. West Coast aren't really too fantasy no, relevant apart from that. Not at the moment. Uh, Mark Hutchings is definitely one to have a look at if he's on the waiver yeah. wire because he's another guy just like, um, I mean, maybe even a bit better than Graham because whenever Mark Hutchings plays, he puts up a good score. And he, he tags, so he normally plays in the midfield. Exactly. So it's really good. Yeah. Um, and he plays more often than Graham. I feel yeah. like you have a little more job security there yeah. but it's not great still yeah. Elliot Yo, I know you wanted to touch on yeah him. I'll touch on Elliot Yo just quickly I mean uh, I saw a great tweet the other day which is uh, for obviously from an opposition fan maybe a Crows fan mm-hmm. saying uh, <laughs> um, suck at West Coast that's what you get for playing your best midfielder in the back line and I kind of felt like that as a West Coast fan as well because he is such a good midfielder I know he's a good defender as well and he's a very good defender 
but you can't replace that midfield presence with any other player. I mean, you can find a, a defender to man someone, you know, for most of the game. Mm-hmm. You can't find a midfielder of his quality somewhere, like, deep in the reserves I'm or starting like to think Elliot Yeo is getting very close to becoming your best and your most valuable player. Yeah, I um, Don't know if I'd go quite that far yet, because Jack Darling, I mean, not that he's your best player, but he's had an <coughs> exceptional year. Nick Nat, we know the value, but... yeah. Yo has the the way he scores goals from outside fifty in clutch moments multiple times this year. He's your most athletic midfielder. He's the big body, that prototypical you know one ninety centimeter sort of midfielder. Yeah, I love Elliot Yo in the midfield, and I think he's a big reason why West Coast have done so well this year and covered the loss of Prudis and Mitchell effectively. Mm. As a fullback, I get what you were going for, the, the, what the West Coast were going for. But I mean, I we need like a McGovern up forward, much. and it does hurt too much. So I, so from a fantasy point of view, I don't think we'll see Elliot Yo in the back line yeah, again this season. Yeah, it won't continue, surely. I mean, they may play McGovern up forward still, <laughs> but surely uh, something else will be sorted out. Do you know how long Barras is out for? I think Barras is out for another week or two. I know Eric McKenzie just got ruled out for the year, yeah, so, so he won't be coming in. Um, so watch this back. I mean, as soon as Brass comes back, there's no worries whatsoever. But I, I also think that they will organize something else. So there's no need to fear. Don't stress about Elliot Yo playing permanent back now. West Coast will absolutely play him in the midfield this week because that's where they need him. And you heard that, everyone listening. Yeah, if, <laughs> it's, if that, that's a guarantee. That's a podcast play, guarantee. If he plays in the back line, angry tweets, direct them Christian's way, please. Uh, yeah, direct them at me <laughs> as well because uh, obviously we have a joint account with the podcast and Matt does see those. Well, I'm not a part of that joint no, you account, are, so, so you're I fine. can fire tweets at you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah mate, you, you fire plenty of On the tweets, subject, so. I would say follow me, but really I don't post ever. Except <laughs> At Brody Johnson 94 is it's, that you? It's the most generic name ever so I don't deserve a follow based on that alone so please yeah. alright we might move on to the next Let's game then, which was uh, Collingwood Suns another game we love talking uh, about Collingwood yeah, I, Matt and I just absolutely love talking about Collingwood from a fantasy point of view and mm-hmm. we hate Collingwood still from a football point of view so it's a really harsh dichotomy we sort of have there um, but I mean Brody Grundy is <laughs> just so good and I'm going to move on from there because 151 from a Ruckman is I amazing. think he's a must like Steph oh, being is. so good has made us forget about bringing in Grundy but Grundy is with McRae out the second best guy in all the fantasy average wise mm. yeah. at the moment I can't believe I've just had things pop up and pop up that I couldn't bring him in and this week I'm just going like F it, I don't care what happens. Grundy mm. is coming into my team, and that's just not because his name is Brody. Like I actually like yeah, him. I mean, for fantasy reasons as well. Forty nine hitouts, and uh, I bought, and he was up against Wits as well. And Wits is literally a massive tap out ruckman. That's and all he does. Crossley Goober. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Goober Goober so, himself. So <laughs> he's actually Crossley's pretty good though. He's one of the better second rucks in the competition. I, I, going, I around. like him. He's going to be a good developing ruckman. Um. Uh, and nine tackles as well to Grundy. Uh, you know, he had a couple of shots on goals he missed as well. So he could have had an even better score with some accuracy. Uh, Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay. All right. So obviously the Trawlor injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sia comes in, plays a little bit of midfield time. We're going to say he Sia got... as well. We're going to say Sia. Yeah, oh, I keep oh, I keep hearing Sia and thinking of the pop star now. And All right, like... yeah. Chandelier. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. And I actually don't know what Sia's face, um, the Collingwood footballer, looks like so it is kind of there's a parallel all right, there all right so it's but, Sia I mean if it's Sia please let us know on Twitter but 
Um, otherwise, we're going Once to keep again, going direct them at Christian or the Extended Bench account, not me. <laughs> extended, at Extended I'm Bench AU nobody, for anyone yeah. out there. <laughs> um, so Taylor Adams, I think he could be a recipient of more specific midfield time and centre clearance time as well. He also had 69% game time in this, which really... That baffles me. That, yeah. that is interesting. I like him a lot as a trade-in target. He's someone I would seriously consider bringing in this week. Point, points per minute is a really big thing for me. And if he's only had 69% game time for that 101 points, that's a really And good you could attri- attribute that to him coming off an injury. Mm. I mean, maybe we're just making the narrative which makes us feel good about yeah. him. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I like it. I like him a lot as a trade-in target. Yeah, definitely. Um, A bit uncharacteristic, actually, from Collingwood because they didn't have as many, quite as many massive scores. Tom Phillips... That, at 98, it's a pretty he good score needed from him. Huge junk to get there. So I don't know if you were yeah. watching this game. I, I did not. I get once he again. He was on a, a minute score at halftime. I couldn't tell you the exact score, but I feel like it was less than 20. Yeah. And Oof. I think a lot of people who were feeling pretty clever bringing him in a couple of weeks ago, myself included, <laughs> were not feeling so clever all of a sudden and were going, what have we done bringing in this mm. spot against Gold Coast? Well, he had the last quarter, I reckon he had about 40, 50 points. So <laughs> we all smiles what at a the man. end. What yeah. a man. So that's why we love Tom Phillips. Um, I think if you had been up here, you would have denounced him from being your boy to bringing him back as your yeah. boy within a, like an hour stretch. But yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is a sad story for me. I had the choice last week to uh, for Trelaw, because obviously I have that injury, to bring in either Tom Phillips or Steel Sidebottom. Mm-hmm. I crunched the numbers. Uh, I had a look at things from all facets. I knew they were playing Gold Coast this week, so it was a great matchup. And I bought in side bottom. What world? 81 is a shocking score from a guy that's been averaging well over 105 this year. And, I mean, 81 against the Gold Coast, that's just... That's poor. That's not what you want. I mean, it gives Steel side bottom one more week. But if he cranks out another score, you know sub 95 you can't put up with that in your salary cap team you have to let him go that's i don't care what the upside is that's you're not what you paid for premium wait price. sorry i missed that i zoned out for a second <laughs> in my rad so <laughs> did steel, you say get rid of steel side bottom if he puts up another 95 oh, no. negative 95 score i'm not mm. dealing with that as a premium that's eight that's an christian 80... christian 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 right. it's steel, steel side he's had 15 very good rounds yeah and if he puts up a second one and you've just bought him in recently for Trelaw, are you going to trust that he's absolutely going to get back into that form? Surely you have bigger issues than Steel Sidebottom putting up an 80. Oh, well, I guess week to week, yes. I mean, definitely. You're ranked in the 10,000th. I mean, I have so many issues, it's not funny. So many issues. And not just fantasy ones. No, sorry. Oh, that's my the- <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <You digress. laughs> just getting personal up in here. Um, so this is what happens when you're in a keeper league for too many years. Just <laughs> constant attacks. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, really, are you going to put up with those sorts of scores uh, regularly? I, yeah, look, I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, two scores um, with such a good history this mm. year and last year as well. Um, unless you're seeing a role change where he suddenly is playing forward or something like that, then I'd look. But yeah. he was tagged in this game, so you've got to cut him some slack. So um, he was tagged again because I didn't get a chance to see this yeah, game. Yeah, it was... So uh, who was looking Took after Miller. him? So oh, Took okay. Miller. So Took Miller is one of the jobs. better... Okay, okay. I wasn't aware yeah. of that, so glad you let me know. I didn't watch the game. I, I just saw it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so if he's so if he was tagged by Took Miller, that, that is a... a 
yeah, I mean, that, that does explain a few things. Mm-hmm. So, actually, getting up to 85 isn't the worst thing either against Took Miller. Yeah, Tom Mitchell only got... Um, in the 70s, I think, against Took Miller. And, and so, Sidebottom did better than Mitchell did against Took mm, Miller. And then the next week, Tom Mitchell went 195. So, in my expert analysis... <laughs> Still, Still side side goes, 200. goes 200 this week. All right, <laughs> yeah. that's a guarantee for Brody, and yeah. you could send all your hate mail to him as well on Twitter. <laughs> and that was at Brody Johnson 94, mate. <laughs> so, mm, regrets. <laughs> enjoy. Regret, regrets all around. Anyone else on Collingwood? Or? Uh, just quickly, Jack Crisp. Uh, he's had a few down weeks. Uh, um, no, just just the one. So he got 98 last week. He did need some junk to get there. Mm. Oh, that was it, yeah. So yeah. he was on about 60 at three quarter time, or yeah. maybe 50. Five and they junked his way up in the I last think 10 minutes. Flynn Appleby being in may hurt uh, all those Collingwood defenders getting a bit less of the pie, oh, the if Collingwood that makes sense. Line. Yeah. So, tr- so tricky. But at the same time, I- I'm not the sort of person who sees 180 and then thinks about trading a Collingwood player out, but I know people yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> if, if Chris... A lot of them are ranked about 10,000 as well. <laughs> Look, but the crisp is a bit different because he mm. is patchy, side bottom's not. I don't have the same level of faith. I would hate to trade out Crisp for the second time this year, but <laughs> if he puts up a few more 70s, I would. Yeah. Um, but he was doing really well for the last month or so. Hopefully he returns to that. Agreed. Um, on the Gold Coast side of the ledger, uh, Dave Swallow, Jared Harbrow, these guys have been... I mean, Harbrow Dave Swallow's been year. okay this year. Harbrow's having a terrific year. Stephen May, good to see him back well, at on least the side. terrific lately. I think he was bad at some point, but... He's kind of really put it together, Harbrow, that is. Pretty much in a lot of the Gold Coast losses, he seems to do really, really well. I Wonder mean, he's. That is. Yeah, I know, it's just <laughs> in the back line a lot. Um, and he's a bit of a downhill skier as well. Yeah, speaking of downhill skiers mm. who did well, Lockie Weller. All right. Best game I've seen for him since he's been at the Gold Coast. Yeah, is. I mean, is this. Could it be a turning point? Because for draft owners, I mean, there's a lot of people in keeper leagues out there who still own Lockie Weller because he has so much promise at Frio. He's a hard one to keep. Well, do, well, do you keep? Jeez, what? Wait and watch. Like this if you is own, the rest of the year. One. Yeah, wait. If you own Lockie Weller, you just have to hold him for the rest of the year. Don't. I wouldn't be trading him away at this point unless uh-huh. someone offers you something amazing. Well, he's a back in ultimate footy leagues. He is. Um, I, I don't know if he's got the switch in AFL Fantasy mid-year. He didn't start the year as a back. I know that. Mm. What does Lockie Weller have to go at for the rest of the year? So from only here onwards for yep. you to keep him as a back next year. For me to keep him? Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends how deep your league is, obviously, yeah, in a keeper league. Because if you're just playing with you know eight players, um, mm. one Ruckman, uh, you know... it. You need probably 85. Exactly. But in but our league, where in our league keepers, where it's a yeah. little bit deeper, uh, you could probably look at something 78 plus. I was about to say 78 plus. There yeah, we go. There you so, go. So, great minds think alike. That, that's what you want. Something around about there. And that's generally true for defenders and forwards mm-hmm. as well. That's around about the number that I like. Yeah. Um, it can be a little bit loosey goosey, though. Obviously, no, if you I'm think a you. role change is going to happen, yeah. you can keep And them. if they if they finish <laughs> the year poorly and they go at 78, then you probably want to move them on. But yeah age plays into it like I'm not going to keep a 28 year old guy yeah. averaging 78 but yeah you get the point like, exactly um, and there were some other I mean great scores uh, Took Miller 114 was terrific Jared Lyons he's had a great month Took Miller 113 as well from Lyons good to see he's him back. back in some form uh, but yeah I, I just oh. I mean salary cap league I don't trust any of these guys there's no way there is one more guy we're going to have to touch on alright who do we have to talk about begrudgingly I don't All right. worry All right. Ben Ainsworth <laughs> oh no <laughs> 
All right, all right. So Ben Ainsworth, <coughs> when he went to the midfield, was averaging brilliantly. He, he was, was doing incredible. He was, I think, averaging low 80s, but that's with an injury one game. Um, other games where Gold Coast were shut out for the last quarter and didn't score a goal for like three weeks. Oh, I think there was a game where he scored 78, but he was on 65 at half time. He had no yeah. points in the fourth quarter, and he only scored like, what, 10 points in the third, so... But it was because Gold Coast was so poor. Yeah. Um, he's got so much ability, but his scoring is largely dependent on role. And I mean, he switched back to the forward line the last two weeks with yeah. Lions back. Yeah. And with Swallow and Holman and Miller all playing, and it is killing his scoring yeah. completely. It's, yeah. It's, he's probably a drop in redraft leagues yeah. now. I agree. Uh, keepers, you still have the faith. No, you've seen the ability to score. That's mm-hmm. all what matters. So he's a definite keep. Yep. Um, but yeah, fantasy, if you brought him in, if you were like 0.6% or something, which you said a which, couple weeks ago. Yeah, which was uh, Matt, myself, and I, did you bring him in I as well? Him in, so I, tr- <laughs> I traded him out last week, fortunately. So. All right. Well, I'm glad that someone else who actually is doing well this year in salary cap <laughs> leagues brought him in. It wasn't just Matt and I who, wow, our salary cap leagues have gone downhill. Um we might, we might move on from there, actually, Let's from that it. game. So, GWS Hawthorne, uh, this was, I mean, a good win for GWS in the end. It's what they needed. Uh, Hawthorne came close, but not quite. Um, Callum Ward has been a great draft guy for a long time. He's uh, had a very up and down <coughs> year. Mm. Finally, this is a big score, which the owners have been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, Cogs, good to see Stephen Cornelio with a good score. I was a little bit worried about him with Kelly coming back. Yeah, I got a question on him too, actually. Yep, yep. Uh, so later we can touch on him. Yeah, that sounds good. Kelly, thoughts on him? Is he a definite top eight? I think if you already have Kelly, yes. I mean, look, I think he'll probably be again around about that six to eight mark. Like mm-hmm. there's there's some guys which I don't, when McRae comes back, that's going to be very interesting. I mean... Obviously, you've got uh, Tom Mitchell up there, who's absolutely in the top two. Um, uh, Stephen Cornelio has been so good all year. Um, that there's a lot of guys in there. Andrew Gaff as well. Josh Kelly, for me, yeah, sits somewhere around about that five to eight range. And yeah, I've got no issue with saying that he'd be in the top eight. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a must trade in though. Mm. And. Um, one thing to note with him is I know a lot of people have really been trying moving heaven and earth to get him in over the last three weeks. Mm. He has played Gold Coast and Brisbane in two <coughs> of those weeks. Uh, which and will, Hawthorne which have been pretty scores. easy to score yeah. against as well. Especially for midfielders. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't... I think he's had his best probably three-week... Or he has had his best three-week stretch for the year. Yep. And it will be his best three-week stretch for the rest of the year. So don't think all of a sudden that he's a one fifteen guy. Mm. He could be... But I wouldn't be doing it based off games on Gold Coast, Hawthorne, and Brisbane. Agreed. Uh, it actually takes a pretty big fall off from that. So Josh Kelly got 107, and the next best score was 88 to Nick Haynes, um, which is pretty dramatic drop. Uh, I mean, Dylan Shield for me, is such a tease in terms of fantasy scoring. He's got the ability to be such an amazing scorer, but he doesn't. he's not consistent enough. No, um, this is going to be him as well. Yeah. We, we, he's, what, 25 now? Yeah. So it's not like he's going to get amazing one day, which we he's, originally thought. This is what he is. Yeah. I, I, but the thing is, he was doing this sort of thing when he was 21, 22. Yeah. And you always thought he could get consistency. He hasn't. Um, and for those draft owners out there, keeper owners as well, it's something that you just have to keep in mind. Like, mm. Especially next year, I can't see a massive role change increasing his scoring ability yeah. or his consistency, yeah. should I say. 
so don't draft Dylan Shield higher than he's he just a tick over ninety guy. But because yeah. he's so good in real life, people will probably draft him as a ninety five. Exactly. Kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it does take a massive fall off. From Simpson there. and Lobb killed <clears> each other's <throat> scores, both being in the rock. Do you reckon they'll they'll both stay on the same team as, uh, and until Cameron comes back? I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that does make sense. So. What's that? Another four week, another month? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Uh, well, Lob will uh, predominantly play forward. You would imagine. I would say so. Um, so we might move on over to Hawthorne. I'll because, give you the room for this one. <laughs> oh, mate. I um, oh, Tom Mitchell is so good. It's not funny at mm-hmm. AFL fantasy football and and well football in general. But he is a fantasy footy god. Uh, 195 to him. I'm not going to talk about him for too long, except to say that he had 50 disposals, nine marks. Uh, 13 tackles uh, he got 4 free kicks given to him which was great uh, I mean 50 disposals who does that regularly he's done that twice this year now from memory um, if anyone <coughs> could, was here in the studio they would be able to see the glint in Christian's eye oh, as he speaks mate. about Tom Mitchell his pupils dilate yeah. as if he's looking at something he loves and I'm in the room and I know he doesn't feel that way about me normally so it's the <laughs> Tom Mitchell being brought up yeah. thing it's not the cheap fluorescent lighting or the mould in the walls it's he, affecting me it's... Christian is the sort of person who shushes his girlfriend when Tom Mitchell is on the television who Just... doesn't who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't give me a fantasy footy coach out there who doesn't do that it's someone who didn't captain him this week and took Lloyd's 125 uh, that hurts yeah. that really hurts I mean Lloyd's 125 or Oh, and then you had to sit there and watch Tom Mitchell, oh, geez, come close <laughs> to beating his score yeah. without the captaincy <laughs> double. Um, all right, so on to Isaac Smith. Great game from him. He's had I a mean, good year. He has had a really good year. Jaeger O'Meara has been doing so well lately. Great month for him. Is he a trade-in target? He's underpriced based on he what is, he's done he for the last month. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 if you're looking for a mid-pricer if you, and you need some cash. I don't know his price. I reckon it's probably <clears throat> close to 600 mm. I reckon it's probably you'd make maybe 20 k if you gave up Luke Parker. Yeah. Which isn't great. I think Taylor Adams is around that. Who would you go, Taylor what Adams about? or Jager Amira? Uh, Taylor Adams. Yeah, I like Taylor Adams. He's got more safety. Yeah, yeah much so more safety. You much. wouldn't go Amira, but you know, keep an eye out. He's had a good year. Oh, he's not the worst option, that's for damn sure. Um, Jaeger O'Meara, like we say, fantastic. Luke Bruce has been terrific in the last mm. three weeks as well. For draft owners, if he's somehow on your waiver list, uh, because he was woeful. Surely not. He yeah. was woeful for that's a, a good, good month and a half. But then he's gone 95, 105, and uh, 102, sorry, and 105. Wow. Great scores from him mm-hmm. after averaging almost 60 for a solid month, so... Yeah, it's very up and down. And the interesting thing is Paul Puopolo was playing in this game, who was the player... Gunston was not, so I don't know if ah, that has an impact. That could, well, but he was, Gunston was playing the week before, so... Gunston you know. barely played the week before, actually, mm. also. So <laughs> Gunston, the week before against Gold Coast, did his calf in the first quarter. He did, didn't he, So yeah. he scored next to nothing, I believe. Um, was off for the whole game and then he was late withdrawal on that game so. interesting watch this space uh, James Sicily solid score from him you're really happy with that I think he's top defender. six or if yeah, he's I not do. he's seventh he's, like, he's yeah. a top six defender for me so. I mean there's there's really not much after you go past the uh, you know those top three so who have we got Laird Simpson and Lloyd Lloyd yeah Crisp based on what he's been doing would be in that conversation also yeah 
it's probably then Whitfield, Sicily. I mean, Whitfield, Sicily. Um, I don't... Is there uh, anyone else we're missing? Some, some people were throwing up Hurley and Goddard and all these other guys. Um, you were throwing up Goddard. I threw up Goddard very early in the year. And no, can't do that now. But, I mean, I threw up Goddard over oh, a player like Whitfield. I know Whitfield. who we're missing. Uh, <laughs> Gus Brayshaw. Gus ah, Brayshaw. Gus, I yeah. would have in there. So, that probably does push... I would have Whitfield squeezing out, but most people probably push no, out Sicily. I like Whitfield. That's the thing. I really like Whitfield's scoring ability when GWS have those players in there. He's playing on halfback yeah. because other opposition teams are going to want to quiet down uh, Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly is that good a player, and I think that they leave Whitfield alone a fair bit more. Okay. Um, I know, obviously, you know, in this game, what did Whitfield get? He only had an 84, but his ability to score well is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I would prefer Whitfield to Sicily, I would say, in my team. Um, I, I have both of them in there. Uh, who's the player? I don't you have can't. Jack Crisp. That's, yeah, that's Crisp actually is probably... <clears throat> like a week ago, I would have been go get Crisp. Yeah. Now I'm a little more hesitant just because of how all the halfbacks did mm. this week. I'm not really going to argue like Sicily or Whitfield. You're splitting hairs. I feel like they're both around that 95 mark. I really like Sicily and have done all year, so yep. I'm going to probably just stick to my guy, but... Yeah, you can't go wrong, I think, with either of them. Yeah, I like it. Um, now, I'm going to get us to move on to the next game. Yes, but just, just quickly before we do, uh, this is the perfect moment because we've never had an owner in the studio before. Can you give us a quick take on Ryan Burke from a Keeper League perspective? <laughs> because he was your boy last year. And you felt so hard for this guy. And, yeah, what is your take on what's happening this year? Cause we... Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um... It's really, really hard to talk about Ryan Burton at the moment because... <laughs> you just got so sad so quickly. I'm so sorry. It's, it's like um, The light in your eyes just died. Um, Burton was so good last year and it was essentially his first year of football. Mm. Um, he went at 86 and he was a back. If we had it done, I know you did your top 20 list the other week for yep. young guys. And I actually agree with you. I don't think he should be in that top 20 mm. because he hasn't backed it up this year. However, if you had it done that a year earlier, he would have probably been top five or six. Oh, he would, on, he would have been about, yeah, six, seven, something He would like have that. been, well, Witherden was six in this one. I think they, they're very comparable. Mm. Um, a year ago, you would have had them next to each other. Yeah. Uh, now, Witherden's streets ahead um so witherden's kept it up yeah and and in his second year as well so do you do you think it's a second year blues kind of thing yeah uh, look you can't say with certainty like there's no way i can sit around i'm not the sort of person who can go this is definitely going to turn around with ryan burton i don't know that so i would definitely devalue him a lot and but at the same time he's someone who in his first year showed an ability to go at 85 as a He's going to keep defense for yeah. most of his career unless he switches to the forward line. Which is just weird. You wouldn't think he does, even though he played there as a junior, because he's an elite kick. He is. I He actually, if you look at the last month, he's now averaging about high 60s from the last month, which is a huge step up from the 40 or so he went at for the first three months. Yeah. So for me, if I have him in a keeper league, I'm definitely keeping him. I have what I actually have a two-year rule. This is mm. what, here's, here's my rule. So... <laughs> I have in keepers a two-year rule. And what this means is if someone does really shit, if they're coming off an injury, I give them an extra year to back it up if they're an elite talent and they've showed me elite production in the past. All right. Someone, a good example of that, I have owned Brad Crouch for, I think, the last like four years. Yeah. And he had done next to nothing for like a whole year and a half. 
But I was like, no, I'm just going to keep holding him because he's shown an ability to go at 100 in the past. And then he went at 110 for a year or, oh. or close to it. And it justifies that hold. Burton is an elite A-grade young talent. So I'll give him another year after this one yep. to see what he does. I think you did something similar with Taylor Jurea back in the I day. D- I did, How yeah. long did you hold him for? I held him for, so into his second. So mm-hmm. he had a really poor first year with me. Yeah. I held him for a bit into the second because he'd done that. He's had that great production the year before, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, before I drafted him, and he was poor for the first half of the year, so I ditched him halfway through. Yeah. So that's... Well, I think Burton's a better talent than Jurea. Well, I know he is. Yeah. Uh, so I still have faith he'll come good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hold at all costs this year still. Yep. Um, and I think he's a really good buy low target at the moment yep, for other like. owners. Uh, redraft is a different story. I'd probably stash him anyway, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Yep. I, actually, just before I do, interesting thought. Um, James Sicily, uh, he switched to the back line in the last part of the year last year. Yeah. Um, which is why he was still available in a lot of waiver lists uh, towards the end of last year and also for keeper leagues at the start of this year. Um, would that move maybe have brought about a little bit of a Ryan Burton's demise? The thing is, Sicily still went well for about eight weeks last year and Burton still went pretty well for yeah, about true. eight weeks. Uh, I think Burton actually did taper off a bit around mm. that time you're talking about, but he still <clears> was at like 80 as opposed to the 85 to 90 he'd been going at previously. So I think it does maybe hurt him a bit, the Sicily move. Mm-hmm. But this year's been a whole new level of bad, which I can't explain. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll move on to the Saints-Melbourne game. This was a ripper. I mean, you were just telling me before we started the podcast that you uh, he basically left the house with three minutes to go in this game because uh, the Ds were, what, 20 points up? 20, yeah, correct. Like... Jack Stephen kicked one from the goal square to put him 20 up, uh, yeah. Saints. I go, there's two and a half minutes, I believe, on the clock. I'm like, that's it. I go drive, um, turn on the radio about two minutes later, and I hear it's two points the margin with, oh I think, 20 seconds left in a ball up. <laughs> I pull over to the side of the road and start watching it on my phone, and it that's was just brilliant. completely worth it. Uh, oh, wow, what a game. Um, good on St Kilda. Yeah, yeah. great job. Uh, David Armitage has been actually pretty good since he's been in- included back in the squad. Yeah, he was your risk it. Huh? Uh, he was my risk it, risk it a couple of weeks ago, and he scored very well. So 110 from him is fantastic. I would have preferred that on my risk it week, but still. Yeah, he's done. He's here's done an interesting thing. Well. Seb Ross, and this ties in, actually played back a lot today, which yeah. is a role of net, um, not today, but... I, I haven't seen him play that I've before. I've never seen him play that before. And Armitage was able to benefit by being the guy who went in the midfield instead. I don't think that that'll continue. No, well, they are missing a few halfback guys. I mean, Webster was out this week. Obviously, they're going to be missing. And Robertson, maybe, yeah. yeah, Robertson as a more permanent miss because uh, who knows if he's going to come back to AFL footy, which is mm-hmm. which is really sad. But uh, they are missing some of those halfback guys at the moment. And that is something they had a massive surplus of at the start of the year. Yeah. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if maybe uh, Nick Caulfield might come back in this week uh, mm-hmm. as a halfback flanker because, I mean, as good as the Saints did, I don't think Severos did particularly well off the halfback flank. He was no. He looked out of sorts. And he's been their best midfielder this year, probably yeah. alongside Jack Stevens. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, Jack Steele was very solid, but he's such a deep player in drafts and. It's very, very difficult to tell what he'll score week to week. Yeah, I just, still. I actually have him as my sixth minute range. I have to start him every week because he's he's good enough. He's kind of gone at like ninety, <laughs> low ninety since he's yeah. been in the team, which is pretty 
it's decent for a mid. Yeah. So uh, you can. There's worse options out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jackie Billings is starting slowly to show what he can do again, and who knew it was because you know he was being played in the midfield. He's you know? a huge watch list guy. You, I would, I would consider bringing him in. I won't do it, but yeah. I would consider it. I mean, he's so underpriced for what he did last year and what he does have the ability to yeah. do, but geez, he, you'd be taking a massive risk. You definitely would. Um, Tim Membry has yeah. kind of got it together. He was he had the yips first half of the year. He did. If he's available on waiver wise, pick him up because he's starting to kick straight and he's starting to play really well. I said that at the somewhere around about a, a month into the um, the season because he was really starting to look like he was playing that old Nick Rewalt role. Mm-hmm. He was getting up the ground, moving around a lot, and his uh, just his ability to find space led to some easier shots on goal. Now the downside was he missed all those <laughs> shots on goal earlier in the season. But now that he's starting to put it together, like you say, he's a great option if yeah. he's on your waiver wire list. Um, should we move over onto uh, onto the D's? Or yeah, not much. Else? The only other one is <clears throat> Josh Battle has been really, really good, but great. he's now injured. Yeah, unfortunate. So if you have him as a rookie in salary cap leagues, you're going to have to offload him because he's out for two weeks and. There, luckily, there are some guys like we were talking about, Quentin Narkel, uh, Brad Lynch, um, there's, and Seer as well. Uh, so there are good options to replace him with. Uh, he's made you a bit of money as well, so you've yeah. got to be pretty happy with I that. wouldn't trade him out, actually, I'd hold. I think it's about a two to three weeker. I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah, it's it's two to three weeks. Two to three weeks, I mean, what, what we're you in You shouldn't be starting now. him anyway, should you? No, you're not starting him, but you're hoping for some cash production from him. And he's not going to make you as much cash as... You know, he's made you what, what cash he has now. Let's say he's, what, 300k? Yeah. Surely you have one other guy on your team who's 300k, yeah. other than him who you can trade out. Because Battle, if he gets back in, will go up another 80k. Yeah. But what if it, what if you trade him out for one of those rookies who's 200 like, say, Quentin Narkel, who's 200k? Yeah. Make 100k, add that mm-hmm. to your war chest. Quentin Narkel will be playing, make money for this two to three yeah. weeks. And you've made at the end of the day, uh, you know, an extra 150k that Battle wouldn't have made. Oh, I agree. If you have to, if you have literally no other options, <coughs> do it. But surely most teams out there have a Lockie Murphy or, you know, Bailey Rice who just had a shocker. Yeah, he has. Someone game. like that. Surely you can move them instead. Yeah. As opposed to battle because battle when he comes back in will have a really low break even yeah fair call so that would be yeah that's just the point alright so on to Melbourne Uh, Max Gorn was terrific in this game and (laughs) you he he was and and you were saying earlier that Gus Brayshaw is definitely a top 6 lock and I agree Yeah, there's no question about that when he's on he's incredible Mm -hmm. and he's he's a pure midfielder so while he's got the defender tag take what you can get Um, uh, you know a lot of these other guys who score pretty well are pretty uh, draft guys so James Harms is, is pretty good he's been good really when, good this year yeah um, Jack Viney is absolutely a draft guy as well Jesse Hogan good to see him score well again after uh, a couple of poor weeks uh, we all know what kind of amazing start he had uh, at the start of this season but I mean he's a key forward so you know it's hard to replicate that at the best of times um, Tom, the opposite Tom McDonald yeah actually. Tom McDonald uh, now he wasn't injured in this game was he, he no he just had a, a poorer game First I, one since he's been back. I in. was never high on bringing in Tom McDonald in fantasy. Uh, he was never a top cap. six guy, no. But I know Matt was pretty high on doing that at one stage. Like he was really considering bringing him in. I just, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. And apart from Buddy Franklin, I just don't like bringing in key forwards into mm-hmm. my, um, into my team. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm not a massive fan of bringing Justin Westhoff in because yeah. 
I just can't bring in key forwards. The forwards I want to bring in are your forwards come midfielders. Yeah. So the ones who are playing on the half forward flank while also moving through the midfield. That's yeah. that's what you want in your fantasy teams. Um, and Jesse Hogan just and uh, Tom McDonald as well. They're both that key forward prospect. Yeah, the good thing about them is they take turns pushing up the ground. There'll be some games where Hogan you see up near the ball so often and others where you see McDonald running up and down a wing. Yep. Um, McDonald, I still think, is going to be really good this year. Like, don't panic. He's got Frio next week and I believe the week after a favourable matchup, but I couldn't tell you who it's against. Mm-hmm. Um, so do not sell low. Like, no, in, don't, in, don't in sell draft. low. Don't sell low. Uh, if, if you own Tom McDonald in a draft league... He's a top 15 yeah, forward. Yeah, hold on. Like, to him. Yeah. Unless someone offers you something really good, you hold on to him. But I'm talking about salary cap. Oh, if, yeah. if you took a punt on him, uh, trade him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. So, he, but he would have made you some money if you did take a punt. So, good job. It was a it was a good call at the time. Uh, all right. So we'll move on to the next game. Uh, unless you want to talk about Bailey Fritch. Uh, he had a really <laughs> nice game today. Actually, four goals. But yeah, yeah 77 it, points was unfortunate. But it's different good to see- role. Good to see that he can still score well. However, if he's playing that forward role, he's not kicking four goals every week. That's for damn sure. But he will this week because he's versing Fremantle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you say that as a diehard Fremantle yeah. supporter. So uh, you're allowed to say that. Um, okay, so uh, North Melbourne, Essendon. Jeez, uh, a really high-scoring game again. And Essendon got the chockies over North Melbourne. Uh, Merritt's back. Merritt is back. He's a top eight guy for me. Easy yeah, for you. yeah. Right. Um, it's... He's he's on the cusp, but yeah, if you already own him, keep him. Uh, I wouldn't be bringing look, him. In. I wouldn't be looking for him. So mm-hmm. I would prefer Andrew Gaff, Joel Selwood, those sorts of guys to Zach Merritt. But if you own Zach Merritt, don't trade him out for these sorts of guys. You know what I mean? Fix up your team elsewhere. Um, but yeah, he is doing very well. Thirty-two disposals is great. Uh, if he can just get a few more marks, that'll pump up his score. So seven tackles in there, but only two marks. That that was just keeping it down. But you're happy with one hundred and six. You're very happy with that. Uh, Dyson Heppel, good to see him scoring well again after concussion because he's actually had a very good year, Dyson Heppel. Uh, when he's been on the park, he's been scoring very well. So draft owners will be incredibly happy with that. And uh, speaking of draft owners, Kyle Langford has been superb in the past few weeks. They're finally <laughs> playing him as the big body midfielder, which is always what should have been his role as yeah. opposed to a half-forward flanker. Um, and he still spends time there. Yeah. But... Look, the bad thing is for Keeper League, he loses forward next year. He does. But he's a good midfielder. He's a really good midfielder. And Essendon need big bodies in the midfield because a lot of their talent in the midfield are Dyson Heppel, who is not a big body. Uh, Darcy Parrish is coming through, who's not a big body. I mean, um, Devin Smith is a a Mm -hmm. tiny. Zach Merritt is not. Actually, he's pretty small as well. Yeah. Um, So if Kyle Langford can be that big bullocking player in the centre... He can really help them out, and don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm not trying to compare him to like a Crips or a Fife because no. he's not that player. But he could maybe be like a David Mundy type of player, that yeah. big, stronger player um, who's come from you know the forward line slash defense. And he's not bad overhead too. So no. he he should be playing every week. I know Cal Toomey was venting all over Twitter. Um, that Essendon weren't playing Kyle Langford all throughout the early part of the season. Yeah. And yeah, he's showing right now why he will be best 22 for the rest of the year. He absolutely should be. There's no issue with that. So if he is still on waiver wise, because he doesn't have that name value just yet, mm-hmm. go out and pick him up. He's worth it. I mean, he's he's listed as a forward this year and he's averaging over the past three weeks um, just under 100. So it's, I, it's fantastic. I think with him in the midfield 
and Myers, who's actually scored well and He's come back in the midfield. He's done very well, yeah. That will spell the end of Jake Stringer's midfield time. He was had a very good month fantasy-wise, <coughs> starting to think that he's going to go back to a forward because he's been planted there the last two yeah. weeks. Yeah, and um, 80 is still not a terrible score from Jake Stringer, but it's... It was I mean, how he got the 80. It wasn't great this week. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, like you say, that there were some solid scorers this week. Uh, Brendan Goddard, 99. You're happy with that. Hurley, we've got a question about him a bit later, so I won't get into that too much. Devin Smith was a disappointment with 69, but he'll bounce back from that. He's mm-hmm. absolutely a top six lock. There's no issue. Uh the only one I quickly want to mention before we move on to the next, the last game of the round is uh, Guelphie, yeah, who time his time is done. So he's he's done his job. He's made you some money. He's 424k, so which is you know a, a massive increase in price. 200 and something k he's made you. So uh, yeah, uh, get him out of your team and uh, and get in a premium so that you can improve. Um, Beauty, we'll move on to the last game of the round, which. Do you want to describe it quickly before we get into the players? Um, or do you just want to forget that this game happened? Christian. Yeah. You're skipping North Melbourne. Now, I know how oh, you no, feel I did. about I did. Brad Scott. I did. That was accidental. First, you try to get out of talking about Geelong to this coughing fit, which oh, I say with inverted man. commas around it right now. Oh, man. Now, you try to skip North Melbourne, oh, God, who are so a fantastic good. team. They kicked 16 goals, 12. Really good performance from them. They lost. Top eight contenders. Sean Higgins, I'll start with. He's had a brilliant he two months. He has. If he was a forward like he was last he'd year, be a he would six. be a, he'd probably be the top forward. Mm. He, that, there's no question about that. I just can't justify him as a midfielder. I just can't do it. Like, yeah. There's too many other guys out there that I would prefer. And he's actually, weirdly enough, too good a player that, one, he'll get tagged soon, yeah. and two... Well, he's the first person tagged in that North Melbourne yeah, every he, day of the he week. He can score 105 and be best on ground, and you want guys who get 105 in their sleep. You yeah, don't want those exactly. guys who are better players than fantasy players exactly. in real like, life. Like 105 for Tom Mitchell is a pretty average game. That's mm. that's an average game. Same for McRae when he's it's back actually on the a park. poor game for yeah, Tom Mitchell. It, it, it is, <laughs> and and that's what you want from a fantasy player. You want someone who, uh, I mean, they're almost not the best player on the team. You know, mm-hmm. like Chris Judd uh, might not uh, back when he was playing fantasy uh, wasn't as good a fantasy player as like Ben Cousins back in the yeah. day because as Chris Judd got tagged every I single really- week. I reckon Ben Cousins was as good as Chris Chubb, but that's a that's a different oh, geez, question for a, a that different. A, that's a oh, very hot oh, take. That is really, yeah. I mean, at his best, I reckon uh, Cousins. In yeah, o, yeah, I mean, he was good, but geez, yeah. from a fantasy point of view, Cousins just racked it up. Uh, he wasn't as damaging with his disposals, whereas Chris Chubb. Yeah. Uh, if you know each player had twenty disposals, Chris Chubb would have. Oh, torn Chris Chubb was up. definitely the better player longevity wise. So, I just think at his peak, Cousins was interesting so yeah pretty underrated actually like as weird as that sounds he's not brought up in that echelon interesting but if you're going back to like the Hawthorne uh, Tom Mitchell just before uh, if uh, Tom Mitchell has 50 disposals uh, would you prefer him to have 50 disposals or Isaac Smith to have 40 disposals oh, yeah. you know the answer disposals. to that already like, yeah. <laughs> Isaac Smith will tear a game up but Hawthorne lost with Tom Mitchell getting 50 that's almost the player you want like someone who does so incredibly well fantasy wise but it might not guarantee them a tag yeah uh so yeah i'm not a big fan of bringing higgins in salary cap wise is there much else for north no nah, no yeah there we go mate. <laughs> game for right yeah mate. would actually would was going to be my risk skit <laughs> for this week he, he would he would have been a good really pick good. but that injury really does yeah, hurt yeah now, it's, so. it's a bit too painful if he does play if he's named 
he's a brilliant pickup this week yeah. because probably no Jared Wade and he mm. versus Gold Coast. Yeah, so true. I won't be putting him as my risk it, but I'm just putting it out there. Very good option. Yeah, Paul Ahern, a lot of people may have come close to dropping or have dropped uh, recently. 82 does hurt for those players, but if you've still got him, obviously he's got a lot more money to make, so keep him in the side. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. I've always liked uh, Paul Ahern, even from his younger days. Um, yeah. I have to lay this for as long as I can. All right, what are you doing? Can, do I have to go on to the Freehold Brisbane? Yeah, game? you do. You can't, you can't <laughs> delay it anymore, mate. Um, so, yeah, they almost doubled their score in the end, uh, 119 to 64. Uh, Keyword is almost, so you take that. Yeah, none I, of that, none of that. Thank you. I said that word, <laughs> but it still doesn't make it any less true. And, wow, I mean, Brisbane were very impressive. This is the best I've seen Brisbane play all year. Um, and a lot of the young kids did very well. Yeah, so, all right, let's, let's just uh, go into that quickly. Uh, Dane Beams was fantastic. He's very close to top eight when he's healthy, isn't he? He is, but you don't he always good. has those down patches. And uh, he didn't have them as much at Collingwood, but yeah. he still did have them every now and then. But at Brisbane, because they are a much poorer team, he struggles sometimes. He's Crips-like for me. Yeah? Yeah, like he get, he'll probably go at 115 or 110 for most weeks, but he'll have that 50 or 60 every now and then to bring his average right down. Almost every fantasy coach out there worth his salt has had that God damn it, Dane Beams moment where they brought him in after he was averaging 110 for like four rounds and then he's gone 60 twice in a row or something mm. like that. It's it's crazy. Uh, so Dane Beams, terrific. And as you said earlier with Steph Martin, he's doing so well this year, but in salary cap, we only have room for two rucks and it's absolutely grody and yeah. grundy and gone that you want. The thing about Steph this game is he was best on ground yeah. by, it, it, from a real life perspective. But 110's <laughs> a pretty... Not a great score considering Nyari Sandlands. His opponent was Apinus. Yeah. Um. So he's that's not gonna he's not gonna have the luxury of playing Apinus each week. So this is where I'd look to trade him soon to Grundy if you don't have yeah. him. Yeah. Or or Gorn if you don't have it. But I'm assuming everyone. Most has people Gorn. will have more pressing issues. I agree. Uh, Cam. Well, I mentioned the youngsters. Cam Rayner just looks so good. He is going to be an incredible player for the future. Ignore it for now, unless you're in a keeper league, because you know. I'm assuming Cam Rayner is gone in every single keeper league out there, but if he's not, what are you guys doing? Just, just you do you even call yourself a real d- league? Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not even sure what's happening over there because he's going to be fantastic. Uh, Tommy Cutler has been very uh, good you since skipped, his... you skipped Hugh McCluggage, Christian. I know you left no, him no, off no, your no, top no. twenty. Hugh McCluggage <laughs> scored ninety-eight. I uh, scored one hundred and two. Oh uh, my! Oh, so I, here's I'm, a discrepancy. Interesting. I'm on the uh, the AFL website, and you're on Fan Footy. I'm on Dream Stats. I also had ah. Ultimate Footy. I have Hugh McCluggage on Ultimate Footy, and he scored 102 this interesting. week. Interesting. Okay, well, I've got him listed here at 98, but that's just the AFL site's fault. So no, I am going to mention Hugh McCluggage. He is a absolute gun, and we all knew that at an underage level as well. He's very classy player. He always got compared to Scotty Pendlebury because he had that much time when he has the ball Yeah, in he's hand. probably a bit more outside than Pendles, yeah. but yeah, you, I can you, see the similarity. You just wait and watch. Next year, it is going to be all about humor cluggage. Uh, people are going to be running over themselves to bring him in as that sort of... I think he'll be around about a mid-pricer still in yeah. um, uh, for salary cap leagues. He's going to be the mid-pricer that a lot of people are going to look towards. Well, I, um, two <laughs> weeks ago, I liked the way Hugh McCluggage's scores were trending. He'd yep. gone at about he'd gone about 70, really consistently about four weeks in a row, but I liked the stat lines. Mm. 
um, picked him up, and he's gone 101, 102 in his last two yeah. weeks. So I have been... I'm extremely happy with that, and I would recommend You've been everyone kissed else. Is what, what's happened? Oh, no, 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 no. That's just that's strategy, Christian. It's complete strategy. <laughs> all right, all right. Whatever you say, yeah, that, mate. Whatever you say. <laughs> if someone else had picked it, yeah. kissed. <laughs> Do you see the point? Yeah. Yeah, I um, get you. I get, get him in redraft. If yeah. you don't, yeah, and and if he's it, available, yeah. I mean, he, there's every chance he's gone. Just like mm-hmm. you say, he's been scoring too well not to be. But if he is available, absolutely bring him in. He's, he's I really like his fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, for salary cap though I, I think no, it's no, no, too, risky, not, yeah. too risky no, yeah. um, and he's gone up too much in price already uh, so some of the other guys I mean we all know what uh, promise Alex Witherden has mm-hmm. um, Dane Zorko was I mean that's not what we want from Dane Zorko he, he was, was doing so him. well but he Bad was tagged to him. yeah and 85 is better from Zorko in mm-hmm. a tag I mean we know what happened at the start of the year where he was scoring you know 50 with a tag um, it's good to see him fight through that somewhat and get a respectable score yeah um, Mitch Robbo, I would consider trading out if he has a couple <coughs> more bad games because yeah, sixty five, poor, absolutely poor. Um, I'll, I'll move on to uh, Frio. Actually, there's not too many others I want to bring up from uh, from Brisbane. Uh, Ed Langdon, like you said, he's had a great year. He's I an ju- option. He's an option, but he's a very big point of difference. I, I like it. Uh, I mean, I've mentioned it a few times this year. I've been a big fan of Ed Langdon, but now that Westhoff has come in. There's there's the five or six guys that you can almost sort of count in like as uh, locks for the forward line. Yeah, and Langdon falls around six or seven. The thing about Langdon also is Freya have a really tough month, and I yeah. don't know if that'll hurt, hurt him as an outside player. Oh, tough to say. Um, if Freya were playing better, I'd do it, but I don't think I would. No, no, that's really tough. Uh, Lockie Neal, hundred and nine from him, good score. He's a brilliant month, also. Yes, yeah. he's in my top eight. Well, he's turned it around. He, he's not only has he turned it around, but he's the man that Frio need to get the ball into the hands of with. Uh, and we'll talk about it now with Nat Fife's injury. Um, Nat Fife's injury is what four to five weeks? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he needs to go. Absolutely needs to go. Must if try. anyone's thinking of holding Nat Fife, there's no point in that. Mm-hmm. So this and this week's the week it pretty much needs to be done. I mean, yes, I, Matt has the theory that you can hold on to them for one more week because he's not going to be losing you any money. He's on the pine, you know. Um, you can fix up some guys who are losing a, a large amount of money. But what happens if next week you get another couple of injuries? You know, what happens? Something else might come up, and there's always a chance that might push back to two or three weeks. You're left with a zero from a premium mm-hmm. on the bench. So. Get it done this week. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Michael Walters. Yeah. Normally as a top six guy, I don't like it at the moment. No. I recommended it earlier in the year when Freo were better and he was uh-huh. playing more mid. He probably will play mid with five out. So it, actually, it's not the worst point of difference. I kind of like it actually with five out, but uh, he's just, he's injury prone. He's a, He's got suspended a couple of times and he can switch to the forward line. Yeah. So... I don't have the balls to do it, but I won't knock anyone who does. He's a wait and watch for me. I'd give it one week, see what mm-hmm. his role is with Fife out of the team. And if it looks promising and he scores well, jump on him the week after. Yeah. So that's that would be what I'd do there. Just to, just hold off one week on Michael Walters. And I think we might end it there for the moment. Because one, one I more really, oh, oh, Luke is, Ryan. Yeah, bad score from him. He was having... He was making a case to be traded in. Yeah, and I know some people well. floated the idea of with Blakely out he could be the beneficiary. Yeah. This is 
this is too low a score. Yeah. I really liked him as a. I thought had him as a top ten back prior to this. I I don't anymore. No, no, no. he'd no. be top fifteen still easily for me though. Yeah, I mean he's a great draft player, but I I couldn't see myself bringing him in as that. Totally agree. Place. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll split the podcast up there. We're going to come back in a moment in part two, answer some of your questions, and we'll uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us for part one. Perfect.